0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Fight Podcast with Sherry Richmond. Hi, how are you doing? And with me, Jan. We always do this. You ask me how I'm doing before I'm done. <laughs> so I need to go like, Jan, hi, I'm fine. And how are you? But how are you? <laughs> no, you tell me, how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Sun's out. I like this. I just rode here on my bike, which I like. Not the motorcycle, but like the the, the bicycle. And that's, but yeah, that, that makes a lot of good uh, impressions on, on uh, you know, <laughs> I feel what? good. On what? Yeah, if you if you can ride your bike and it's warm and it's sunny, I like bicycle. It. Bicycle, yeah. What did I say? You said bike. Yeah, bike. Is bike just a motorized? If, a if you say bike, people think it's a man's bike. But it's I, I have Bi- a man's bike, but <laughs> I, I didn't co- come here on it. You came with the bicycle. I came with the bicycle. Is it is it really just bikes? Is, isn't is bikes everything that has two wheels? What am your fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> You're a native speaker. <laughs>
1: What am I, an English teacher? <laughs>
0: you can become mine.
1: <laughs> if you say bike, people think you're like a manly bike.
0: Okay. I have a manly bike, people, but I came here on my bicycle. Uh, so just yeah. to clarify that, but I'm good. How about you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> you didn't come here on your bike. No, I did not. <laughs> did Dom get you? I walked. You walked, okay. So <laughs> so we got that out of the way. Alright. In I think the first episode? I think that in the first episode we talked about ICCS. We introduced people to what is ICCS. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you could give like a rundown for for the people who didn't listen from the first episode. Like what is ICCS basically?
1: ICCS is... uh... The thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's the thing that we hear. (laughs) It's an awesome thing. (laughs) (laughs) You could go a little more into detail about this. Well, we're an international... Organization of Krav uh, Maga, we like to say, we're like
0: MMA for the street.
1: Uh, that's ICCS.
0: Mm, so it's the it's the organization where all the schools kind of you're the you're the head coach of ICCS. I'm the founder, the and, founder. The and, and the head instructor. And head instructor, yeah. Uh-huh. And the reason I'm asking this is, um, I wanted to ask how ICCS came to be in the first place. Uh because um we talked about ICCS in a lot of episodes most people um already know or we we talked about a lot of the the concepts the principles what we do here but we didn't really talk about how you came up with ICCS why you thought it was necessary to 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 create ICCS and what its mission is okay so we i think we should talk about a little about those things in this episode today
1: all right that was fun <laughs> okay you go <laughs> uh well um
0: how 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 did iccs start so
1: <clears throat> long long time ago i was uh, working for uh, another company i was uh, teaching krav for this was when i was fresh out of the military service
0: mm-hmm. was this a private thing or also a private
1: f- it was like a private military company and mm-hmm. i was doing like uh, their hand to hand uh instructions, whatever, uh, whatever it was, like, we were teaching in the military, we were teaching, uh, uh, in the private, uh, sector, so private, like, private military, we were teaching, uh, police, you know, secret service, things like that, um, so I was doing that, and at the same time, I was also coaching MMA, mm-hmm. MMA Jerusalem, my, my team, I, uh, Honestly, I, I really had no interest in uh, teaching Krav to civilians. I never even, it uh, wasn't something I really thought about. I was just, I love teaching. I love coaching. So I was doing MMA and that, you know, and that for like people like, I mean, there were some people that w- you would teach, uh, some of the companies that, you know, actually sometimes there were cases where they had to use what they, what I taught them on uh, the same, the same day mm-hmm. like after training. So it's important work, and that's uh that's what I was doing. And uh, well, uh, one one time I gave a course, uh, and one of the guys from another country, he came from a country in Europe. He told me, uh, you know, at the beginning of the course, he's like, you know, I'm a Krav Maga instructor. So I was like, okay, I don't really care that much, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It was a, I think, I think it was um like a VIP protection course. And um, after, like, a couple of hours of the course, uh, we had a break. He's, like, he came to me. He said, you know, I never I never saw anything like this, you know. I mean, I, I trained under, and he started dropping names. This guy, that guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I don't care about names until this day. I just do my own thing, you know. And I said, fine. And he said, you know, you have to start teaching. Uh, you, you have to start doing seminars. And I was like, nah that's good i I just like doing the what i do you know mm-hmm. but it was three weeks of course and he kept on crowding me i mean every day pretty much and uh he also even sent me he said look you know he, he sent me this vi- video uh a youtube video he said uh you know what this is and i said no, i think it's kung fu <laughs> he said no this is krav maga I said, nah, it's not a problem, God. You know, it is. It was totally nonsense. The, uh, the video, of course. Uh, I never t- even uh, checked to, to look what other people are teaching. Mm-hmm. Make a long story short, he uh, he organized um, a seminar in France. Yeah, it was the first one I did. Uh, I I done before in the U.S., but the first one in Europe was in France, and. Uh, then uh, things started to pick up
0: and that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And you just said you never checked what other other people taught. Um was this um in, in the army you said that you be uh, that the time in the army you you had to have some sort of hand to hand combat right, right. training, uh-huh, right? Yeah. So um was this we already talked about this issue, but Krafmaga is not really a protected like a like a term that's just this set of rules this set of things Um, there's so many people
1: who do so many different things
0: yeah i mean in
1: hebrew means contact combat and uh in the army a lot of times it's up to the instructor there is an instructor course in the army uh you know and they show you uh some like techniques from a to z whatever but uh many times it has to do with the instructor Mm -hmm. his his level or his experience not all instructors have that much experience
0: So basically a a combat training hand-to-hand in the army is basically always Krav Maga, but Krav Maga doesn't really, it doesn't really have this concept. You
1: you have uh, combat trainers who do Krav and combat, close quarter combat, so Mm -hmm. room clearing or whatever. You have people who do only Krav, depends where you go, depends Mm -hmm. uh, depends on on the place.
0: But you call it Krafmaga despite whatever is inside it, uh, that package, but it's always. Not
1: always. It could be either a Krav Maga instructor mm-hmm. or it could also be a combat instructor. Mm-hmm. But usually I refer to a, a combat instructor as a person who does a little bit more.
0: Okay. Yeah. And you said you never checked on what other people were teaching in Krafmaga. Right. So um, your contact with the Krafmaga that you were facing in the army, what did that look like? More like a like a competitive um, um, based like like boxing also, I'm also wrestling. A,
1: you know i'm also a, 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 a crowd instructor in the army like uh, and i was teaching in the army way before i was teaching in that place i just did like my own like you know you do the course but whatever was making sense to me at the time mm-hmm. and then uh um when i was working in this company I was also doing pretty much that. There's a curriculum, like okay, you have to show them uh, this, this, you know, knife, whatever was control, restraint, or whatever, whatever it was, the the topic, uh, whatever was making sense to me. But also, um, I was teaching a lot of people, uh, really a lot of people a month. Each month, a lot of people will go through me, and uh, over the time, you start getting a lot of experience because a lot of these people actually used what you teach them. Mm-hmm. And it was also during a pretty violent uh, period. Um, So there was a lot of uh, fights.
0: So you have kind of like a reality check for what you teach. And
1: every single time something happened, you go back, you check the videos. I would also uh, try to interview the people who were involved Mm -hmm. and what worked, what didn't work, how how'd you feel, and then try to fix it, make it better, make it Mm -hmm. better, make it better. A lot of stuff... uh, change and keep changing over the years always trying to evolve mm-hmm. to bring to bring the best uh, product to the people
0: and how can i imagine the baseline that you were taught was this more was this more like what people expect of kafmaga maybe when they go yes, on youtube and pr- they watch much, some
1: videos pretty much mm-hmm. yeah pretty much that was the baseline uh, there's also the uh, a lot of um, like uh, aggression uh, drills and stuff like that that was the baseline uh, there's one school you know in the army, for example, who certifies all the crop instructors. So that's pretty much the baseline. But, uh, funny enough, like a lot of times when, uh, young soldiers, let's say, come to, uh, us for learning after they already went through training somewhere else, mm-hmm. uh, I hear a lot of instructors who work with me, tell them, listen, forget whatever you learned, we do it and over. Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, in many cases,
0: it's, uh, is the right call. When you say they come to us, do you mean ICCS or do you mean your function as a trainer yeah, in the army? My function tra- as a trainer in the army. Mm-hmm. And you have to reset everything, you, you have to restart. And many times, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like I said, it's up to the instructor. And you also, because you said that after the army you were already teaching uh, MMA, um, when did the whole uh, martial arts thing for you get more of a professional thing where you also taught people and not just took part in wrestling and all of these different disciplines? Uh, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But But, there was something... uh, I always
1: liked to teach. I always loved, I always loved to, the aspect of making someone else strong, I think is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So, even when I was much younger, I would like to, like, I would always like, help the person who needed the help, you know. Mm -hmm. I got into a lot of fights, for example, but I never started a fight. Every fight I ever got into as it was always like protecting someone else mm-hmm. you know i used to love to fight and it was a good like, like a good uh, a good chance to fight you know you have a chance to fight like an asshole so that's mm-hmm. the, you know but i never start it, it was it wasn't it was about like an ego thing it was just always like protecting someone else mm-hmm. so i
0: liked the same idea i like teaching so i was doing it for a long time is mma jerusalem the first school you opened for mma yeah do you remember when you opened mma jerusalem um
1: Probably around two thousand and two,
0: two thousand two.
1: Okay, that's yeah. a long time
0: ago. <laughs> no. And that was uh, after your uh, di- uh, after the, the the time in the army, but you uh, were not yet an instructor. I was uh, uh, a <clears throat> I'm instructor
1: in the army also since uh, I believe two thousand and two, mm-hmm. but um, I was still doing MMA in Jerusalem. I was still I was still in the, the army for quite some time afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I was getting at. So the you had some experience with martial arts before the training course, with I the mean, army what do you think? yeah that's what i mean that's what i mean so no, what everything kind of is that but <laughs> but everything that you learned in the army was already through the filter of okay i kind of know what makes sense and what doesn't
1: exactly i was able to filter it pretty quickly
0: so you never went through the whole experience that some people who first come to krav Maga not knowing anything uh, or like um, self-protection courses who don't know anything about the topic
1: yeah, i was able to filter it uh, i I've been, I've been doing martial arts all my life mm-hmm. uh, like a, since around six years old, I guess. In fact, a funny story, in this course in the military, there's also, they test you like, a, there's a, like a sparring kind of test. You have to spar. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the instructors who were there, who were taking, uh, I think one of them had a, probably some kind of boxing background. The other one, I think he just had, like, bullshit background, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he said, you can spar, you know, it's aggressive, be aggressive, it's time to spar, and uh, okay, so I get up to spar some guy and uh, he said, Yeah, go away. Oh, everything goes. They said, Everything goes. I said, Oh, everything goes? He says, Yeah, you know, what kind of question is that? You know, be rough. I said, Okay. So when we started to spar, I shot down double leg. I lifted the guy up really high, smack him down, you know, smack. And I could see on the instructor's eyes, he's never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Stop! You know, sit down. You know, you're being dangerous. So we said everything yeah. goes. <laughs> what was that? Like they would never seen it before. You know.
0: But yeah. So that says a lot about the way that they teach it, because That's
1: a, a lot about the way that he taught it. Again, it changes by the. You could have a, a really great instructor with a great background, and then it's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Or you could have a, a, a crappy instructor, and then it's going to be a crappy period. A lot of the stuff gets lost in, in translation. I think you can also see it on the on the on the soldiers who are under a crappy instructor mm-hmm. for a certain period, and then you see another generation who are under a better instructor. They're they're usually
0: better. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that I find interesting is when you think about <clears throat> about uh, Lichtenfeld, who kind of played a huge role in in developing uh, Krafmaga, he was also, I think, a boxer, and I think he also wrestled. I think wrestling or judo or something. Yeah. And judo. Uh, I think he also also boxed. And I think these, or it's interesting how that kind of gets broken down to what you see today sometimes. And there's no real link to most of these disciplines with with what you see with most of the stuff you see, for instance, on YouTube and um, the difference it makes on if, whether you have someone who can kind of filter out, okay, this makes sense, this doesn't, and apply that to the training. Um, <clears throat> how do you go about, if you see something, you teach something, and you notice, I've seen you do that in courses where you're like, this makes sense, but under pressure most people can't perform this. When How do you notice um, that, that development? Where you see, okay, especially with knife fighting, I've seen you do this, where you said... I know this works and I've done this but still I see that with most people it's too difficult how do you how do you manage this where do you say okay someone was just not very good at the technique or how it do you okay this is too on complex who
1: you teach, right if I'm teaching uh, people who don't who I know are not going to be training mm-hmm. after afterwards D- you know, they'll train during the course and afterwards or not it has to be simple stupid mm-hmm. so it's just based on principles but if it's someone who who trains for a long time, simple, stupid, first principles. And once he's good at that, you know, there's the sky's the limit of what you can give him.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he's, he's already becoming a professional. Mm-hmm. So most with, uh, if you look at the people you train in the army, how much like percentage wise of what you do is just aggression drills. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Because it can't be too technical. Exactly. How, exactly. For how long do you usually have a recruit? uh depends it depends um
1: depends on who you're teaching you know the difference between place to place uh, some people have a very
0: short course some people have longer mm-hmm. so it depends it's a it's a big topic okay so what, what would be like an exemplary like someone I'm, I'm not sure how to where you teach these things in the army like how I, i'm not sure how to ask this but what's what's like an average time someone spends in in training with you
1: um his average training is like Oh, a year and uh, four months, something mm-hmm. like that. Just combat training. Yeah. Okay. It's a school. It's a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywhere between
0: a year, four months to a year and eight months, let's mm-hmm. say. And how much MMA influence do you take in these classes or how much of it is... In the military? Yeah.
1: Not much. Well, there is there is an influence. Again, it depends on who you teach, right? So, where I teach, for example, uh, a big part of what they need to know is um, control and restraint. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, a big part of what they need to know is groundwork. And then of course, a knife, knife fighting is a big part, just because it's a big threat. Mm-hmm. And then there's like specific things that they are need that I'm not going to go into here right now. But mm-hmm. uh, so, for whatever their need is, mm-hmm. but also, also it's important to uh, to understand that where I teach specifically, they have the highest level of Krav in, in, in the military, mm-hmm. just because of of the job they do. So it's going to be different if you go and teach a uh, regular infantry or. Or um, whatever, tank unit. I mean, the, the, the level drops.
0: They have less necessity for... for I don't think to they have less necessity.
1: I mean, well, they have less necessity in at work, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But I think that um, everybody has a big necessity for Krav. First of all, because it makes a man out of you. Mm-hmm. And it turns you into a weapon, right? So, I mean, that's a, what a soldier, that's what a warrior is all about. You're the weapon, you know, whatever else you have in your hands is a tool. But it builds a personality that you carry with you the rest of your life. Also, I found that it helps people with their shooting. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, shooting under combat is an aggressive thing, obviously. And that aggression that you do in hand-to-hand combat helps you with the shooting, too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a necessity for everybody. And I think it's a shame that some places don't have a high level. And even uh, in other countries, it's even worse. Mm -hmm. You know, other countries I've been to have zero training, absolutely zero training.
0: Police or military? Do you find that people um, that you um, teach in the military in in uh, ICCS or not in ICCS but in Kafmaga um, often find themselves training further with you privately? Is that a thing that's that's happening, or do they think, okay, I've done this and then it's I'm 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 good with this?
1: There are some people who who stay in contact and train privately, but most most people no most, mm-hmm.
0: most people uh, are um, lazy. So it's, you do basically do the, the basic, not the basic training, but the the, the educational, the, the, the part where you have to train to become part of, of the unit, but then most of them stop?
1: Most of them, well, as long as they're in the army, they need to train mm-hmm. regularly. They, they, they must. Um, there's a lot of people who I assume train afterwards as well, also because most of them are like athletic, you know, they're into, mm-hmm. into training.
0: So you keep training these people even when they're in the unit? It's not just where you train I mean, them. After food. the schooling, yeah, yeah they must uh, stay in, uh, as long as they're ah, okay. served, they must, they must train. And then you just keep on uh,
1: adding on the, the aggression well, part of no, the principles uh, once, or do you give more technique? Once they that?
0: finish their schooling
1: and once they're already uh, doing their job, there's a lot more opportunities to start doing going more into technique with them and more... Mm-hmm. You know, more fun things you would say, or, or <laughs> stuff like that. The, yeah. the, the cool looking stuff, yeah. <laughs> not, the, not the cool looking. Well, everything we do was cool, but uh, <laughs> of course, it is, yeah. You know, go more into groundwork, go more into wrestling stuff that we didn't have time before mm-hmm. to do. And yeah, that that's uh, that's up to uh, up to the instructor who's who's teaching that class. Mm-hmm.
0: And I've seen you take some of the elements um, that you learned from your experience as an instructor with the army into ICCS as well. For instance, the aggression drills. Is there something else you would think of that you took from your experiences in the army that benefits your ability to coach someone in ICCS or even in MMA?
1: It doesn't matter uh, who you're coaching, right? Uh, if you're coaching someone for a fight, a fight's a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking a knife attack, for example. The person stabbing you, it doesn't matter if you're in the army or if you're a civilian. It's the same body mechanics, the same stab. mm mm-hmm. So it's the same exact thing so word development show that will work for this guy will work for this guy as well mm-hmm. that's that's uh I mean, if that's what you mean that's what we took yeah so
0: mm-hmm. so it's about having this this pressure on a fighter that you can also take into MMA for instance I've heard you talk about preparation for a fight where you take multiple attackers just to get the aggression into one of your fighters yeah absolutely you do that a lot with with the people also despite or if they're not preparing for a fight even when they try to te- to to learn for MMA no, no. That's just for fight preparation.
1: Yeah, because yeah. uh,
0: people who want to do
1: MMA sometimes they don't you know, like that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but um, people who prepare for fights, you know, there's, it's different. They're more serious and
0: uh, more things you can do with them. Mm-hmm. If someone comes to ICCS without any experience, would they would you kind of treat them the same way that you te- uh, that you just talked about the people you you teach in in the recruits like? First principles, first whatever, and yeah. then t- more technique? Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. It's different in the, in the military because of the distance you know, between you and the recruits. But uh, apart from that, yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you do it this way? Why won't you st- start with, maybe some people might feel more comfortable with learning technique first before they have like this pressure.
1: Well, if you go to a, a doctor who's supposed to uh, you know, save your knee with surgery and he tells you, listen, I'm going to do ABC and he's a world expert, you're going to ask him why don't you do it this way Mm -hmm. you'll probably agree with him right Mm -hmm. well I'm the expert thank you very much (laughs) and I think I know what I'm doing no I'm just asking for I'm just saying like, principle is way more important than technique
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right Um, a person loses about 50% of his technical capability just because of pressure Mm -hmm. so if you start doing choreographed moves with people they might okay they might be feeling good about themselves but you're giving them a bad product and that's not right Mm-hmm. You want to give people a real product. If people are, are spending their time and their money on and their trust, thinking that you could show them the way to protect themselves, to protect their fam- their families, better have you better have a good product. Mm-hmm. And doing uh, choreographed nonsense right off the bat with a person to, a person uh, can't even throw a punch or can't even or it, under pressure he'll flap just because he's never practiced pressure
0: training what are you doing When mm-hmm. you trying to show him how cool you are with the technique i mean that's a problem i've had this situation once where there was um someone who's interested in training here and they came over and uh, they asked because i think uh his daughter wanted to work in in a, psy- a psychiatric ward and he was like, yeah, she should learn some Kraf Maga, whatever. And then we talked a little. And um, so we talked, told him, yeah, um, a lot of this is like street MMA. And uh, as we talked about in the last episode, um, street boxing, street wrestling, all of these concepts. And he persisted on, yeah, but you still do like the Kraf Maga stuff.
1: It's because he saw something on TV. Yeah. You could tell him, yeah, we still do the Krav Maga stuff. So, okay. He, he, <laughs> feels, he feels good. And you're not lying. You do. Yeah. Propagas, contact combat. And then you
0: do what you think is right. Yeah. But that's why I'm asking uh, uh, what I asked before because a lot of people have this image of, okay, there's very little pressure that I have to go through, but still I can do a lot when I have these like dirty tricks. They all want to know like these dirty little secrets. And I think that's something, you have like some concept, you have principles, but there's little like dirty secrets you can teach someone. It's not about, okay, you just do this one thing and everything's gone, everything is fine. It's not how it works. Do you... um, Do you teach, um, I I know that you give combat training with, um, with the military. I know you also give shooting training in places where you can do that sort of stuff, for instance, in, in the U S. Um, do you also teach people on using like, um, a lot of places have like, uh, like uh, weapons courses with like uh, little things they can use and stuff. Do you teach that at all? Or do you think, okay, that doesn't really make sense. We have to concentrate on the fighter and not on the tools. Sometimes
1: I teach that, um, not so much in my regular classes. Mm-hmm. With my regular classes, what I, the people that I help create, I would say, I know that if they have a pen on the table, they'll stick it in someone's eye if they had to. I don't have to tell them to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, for example, I gave this course once in Israel. It was um, uh, for women mostly, actually. And uh, it was about home invasion. Right. Uh, so there, you know, you could ex- I would explain to them, for example, you know, you, you have a lot of weapons at home you could use, mm-hmm. and you know where
0: they are usually much better than invader, you know,
1: so things like that, yeah, and of course like that for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've also heard you say this. I'm not sure if it's a saying or if it's just your creation, but uh, that not the tools the weapon that you are the weapon. What do you mean by that? It's the personality thing that you want to build in a person.
1: That means a fighter, a, a warrior personality, he can fight you anywhere, anytime, in any condition. Mm-hmm. He can fight you with a gun, he can fight you with a knife, or he can fight you with bare hands. Why? Because of his personality.
0: That's what I mean, but he's the weapon. Mm-hmm. So you use a weapon, but it's just a tool. You're it's a the... tool,
1: exactly. It's a tool mm-hmm. like anything else. A hammer is a tool, a weapon's a tool. Mm-hmm. You know? But if, if a person is just um, tough because he's hiding behind a the weapon, then he's not really a warrior, is he? Mm-hmm take away his weapon now see, okay now what are you going to do so if that's the case you're you're not a
0: real warrior you're just a guy with a weapon i was very baffled when i found out that not everybody who who has a weapon actually constantly trains with it most I've, people don't i was really i was really worried about this when i when i found this out but because i've met people who who own a gun but don't really know how to shoot it. Right. They have done it maybe like once or twice. They have it. They know they have right. it. They have it in like some drawer or something. But I was really shocked about... I th- I thought everybody who, who thinks about these kind of things would also take take up training. Like in, in the US, for example,
1: that's, is there are a lot of those people going around that have not just one gun, but a lot of guns. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to... They don't know how to... Um, they know how to press the trigger, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I've had people who... Uh, asked me to help them change their magazine, for example, which is uh, maybe the most basic thing as far as shooting, right? I, I, I and mean, before training, I mean, they're talking to me about all these weapons and the different names, and I don't know anything about that, like so many names and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, but, and then, you know, they can't even change their own magazine, right? I've had a guy who, uh, in the beginning of the course, first five minutes, walked up to me and he said, Oh, you know, I hope this is a high level course because I have 15 years of uh, this and that experience, whatever. doesn't matter. I said, yeah, I I hope he meets your expectations, you know? (laughs) And then the first three minutes of actual shooting, he injured himself because not, not knowing how to hold a gun. He, he needed stitches. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, you have a lot of that going around, especially in the U S in Israel. Not so much because in Israel it's a little different. Um, to get a gun license, you must shoot that gun before you get the license on it mm-hmm. with an instructor, and you must hit 50 bullets, 50 out of 50, I think it is. So um, everyone goes through a little bit of training with a gun, now, it's nowhere near enough, but at least it's something. Plus, most people in Israel have military experience. Mm-hmm. So shooting comes much more natural to them mm-hmm. than other people. And also, uh, I believe it's every two years in Israel, you get a little letter if you are a gun owner from the government saying um, it's time for you to go train and you must to continue your gun license you must go shoot mm-hmm. which uh, I, um, I mean it's a hassle nobody likes it but I, th- I think it makes sense
0: is it like a, a, a renewal of? is it like a test you have to retake renewal, yeah it's a renewal of your license to make sure you know how to shoot your gun so have you do you have to show that I've, you've shot this amount of, of times oh, or you, is it you about you just go
1: through the, if you go to the an official uh, shooting range, they could they could do the paperwork for you. you know, they <laughs> send it in; you just have to shoot. So they have to
0: check up on your abilities with a gun. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually about the shooting, not about the the volume no, no, of no. shots you it's fire. About,
1: it's about you go. You have a gun. I also I think it's, you
0: know show some responsibility and go train. Mm-hmm. I think the issue is with a lot of people that they they start having this like fascination with the gun itself, or like it's a hobby f- for them, and less. This approach of self-protection. I I can
1: understand the fascination with a gun. I mean, a lot of guys like guns. Guns are cool, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, but um, you should also be a professional, you know. If you have a gun, know how to use it and train. Especially pistols, a lot of training. It's a lot of training to be good with a pistol. Mm -hmm. Someone has a pistol, it's his responsibility to train.
0: Why do you think a pistol is more or harder than than a rifle? Well, it's not what I think. It's just the truth fact, you know. Okay, Tell me why the pistol is harder to learn than the gun? Because the, of, rifle. <laughs> because because of, of it's a, the grip, it's smaller. You know all that stuff. Mm. So it's harder to to aim with it's it, or much, to... it's
1: way harder to aim. Way harder to hit mm-hmm. under pressure. You know, rifle you have a much better grip. You could be further away from your from the person or thing you're shooting at. Mm-hmm. Pistol has to be closer, so usually it has a lot more. a situation needing a pistol is a lot more with pressure because of the close distance. And uh, the grip, like I said, all that, makes a pistol harder to hit than a, than a rifle, much harder.
0: Mm. And I think something that I've seen with a lot of people with, let's say, knives or, uh, or with pepper spray, that sometimes they think, okay, I have this, now I'm secure. But with pistols, I think it's also a thing that a lot of people don't really get. You also give these too-close-to-shoot seminars, right? What are those about?
1: Too-close-to-shoot uh, training is uh, all about uh, what you need to know. As far as uh, combat, contact combat, if you have a, a handgun, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, most fights start from very close range. So we'll take an example, uh, knife against gun, right? You have a you have a, a pistol, someone jumps on you with a knife in your back, starts stabbing you, you turn around, see what's going on, and he keeps on stabbing you. Try to get to your gun. If you never trained before, it's going to be really difficult or close to impossible to do. People mm-hmm. don't realize that. Or crowd passing. Where what happens you fall down on the, on the floor? Someone's you know mounting you punching you okay get your gun now. Right, uh, weapon retention. Right, most cases of uh, someone trying to take a gun away from police officer is at the time that he's drawing the weapon out. If the weapon is already out. Usually it's okay, but at the time things get heating up, someone goes for the gun. Someone jumps on you now what? So that
0: the uh, too close to shoot is all uh, all about that you also said that there's a difference between let's say a military unit where there's a lot of people working as a as a unit as a team and for instance people who work in personal protection or in in security positions where you say okay sometimes or a lot of the times it's just one person and i think that's where especially a lot of this too close to shoot stuff applies very well because you have no one else to 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 keep you uh, to keep your back free you know exactly uh,
1: it applies uh, a lot with uh, with civilians and uh, with policemen, mm-hmm. uh, private security, people who work alone, you know. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to learn uh, fighting if you're armed, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot a lot of reasons, right. First of all, I mean, up close you got jams, you got things like that. But I go through all the reasons right now. I would say if nothing more than the reason of build your Personality of a warrior—you're not going to get it through
0: target practice. You'll get it through hand-to-hand combat, Mm -hmm. and that goes linked with shooting. So the aggression you learn in hand-to-hand combat translates to to shooting very well. You you think? Yeah, I I don't think I'm sure. okay you know that it does yeah, exactly. i'm sorry about the thinking it's just okay, okay. it's usually how i ask these things I yeah, this is not hand. a personal attack on yeah. your knowledge it's all good. It's all good.
1: I, I don't get offended very easily <laughs> it's all good you know it, it goes together mm-hmm. right it goes hand in hand there's a lot of shooting instructors uh, with respect to shooting instructors who are just shooting instructors and you know people call them in the military they're called cardboard warriors mm mm-hmm. Because all they know how to do is shoot cardboard. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's true. It's, it's sad but it's true. It has to hang, it has to come hand in hand with contact combat, with with, with physical uh, contact with someone else. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think it works the other way around as well? It does Does shooting, exercising, or learning how to shoot also translate well into fighting in some sort? Not without fight training. No, absolutely not. But is there something you can learn as a proficient fighter from learning how to shoot?
1: It has to come together.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot There's a lot of
1: wimps out there who shoot pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that's just like I mean, target practice? At least practice. they shoot targets. Yeah, target practice. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot. But put them under pressure. Punch him in the face once or twice. Kick him in the balls. Let's see you shoot now. <laughs> there's a lot of that.
0: Do you also do warrior development drills for shooting? Yes, you do. Yeah, of course. Is it just about uh, disorientation, or is it also about pressure and stress? Yeah. With pressure and stress, it's all about pressure and stress. Uh, it's one thing to shoot a uh,
1: to hit a target when you're calm and relaxed. You know, even if you have a certain amount of time, where you have to hit the target, you're mm-hmm. still kind of calm and relaxed because you're used to the. Because yeah, because you've thunder. done it a hundred times before, so it's one thing. But but well, that's in pressure before, you know. Then let's see mm-hmm. how you hit the target when you you know when your hands are shaking.
0: So of course, there's a lot of uh, of that. Is the shooting instruction also part of ICCS? Would you consider that as a part of it, or is we it just the
1: ICCS Pro Division? That's where the pro branch. You know, that's where we do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: But is it just for professionals? Is it just for well, police? So it's and... open to everybody who wants. So also civilians could take yeah. shooting lessons with ICCS. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a,
1: a pro course. In fact, uh, I believe uh, next uh, next week. In, uh, in France. It's not going to be with shooting, but uh, it's open to anybody who wants.
0: But mostly control and restraint there? Or what, what uh, ma- makes it pro without the gun? Yeah, the topics, like it could be control and restraint or something in that, in that line. Mm-hmm. So the difference between ICCS and ICCS professional are the topics, the way that you would use yeah. fighting and... It's not about self-protection as much as it is about having a function with fighting.
1: It's also, yeah, it's also the people usually who come to the courses a lot of, a lot for uh, professional people.
0: Mm-hmm. Law enforcement, things like that. Was ICCS Pro um, already part of ICCS from the beginning, no. from the get-go? No, no. How did that develop? Uh, from demand. That's it. I, I
1: personally prefer teaching like striking and wrestling, grappling, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't really planning on doing it outside of what I was already doing it but then there was a demand and uh uh it came from the fact that I wanted to give a good product because there's a lot of uh people who do kind of courses like that and uh, there's a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. out there if you think there's uh only bullshit when it comes to Krav you should see shooting <laughs> so that's why it came out
0: about shooting principles or just how they train it's just it's just about everything yeah it's just a lot of nonsense hmm do you also practice um other forms of self defense with weapons or so without guns? Is that also something where you would focus on for instance? I've seen people teach like stuff with pepper spray and stuff. I don't take you for that kind of person, no, but No, I never teach a pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I know that you also teach some security forces. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they don't have pepper spray. Yeah, but do all of them have guns? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. okay so it's fighting or shooting but no pepper spray (laughs) i'm not against pepper spray you could give them tactical pins and they could poke them (laughs) okay so guys i hope this was like a good overview of ics history and uh, how it came to be what it does right now sharia would you like to add anything no not really it was fun okay so thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week Bye bye